Getting two points isn't always easy with the Florida Panthers having a big lead, blowing it, and finding a way to win. This is a night where you just take the two points. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Tuesday, November 7th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Ramondo Velez from the Hockey News, and you can follow me on X at Man 12 Follow the show account on X and Instagram at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And shout out to the everydayers who come back here and get your daily Florida Panthers fix. You can subscribe to the show on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcast and we are going to do our official drawing on friday for your chance to win this hat with the florida panthers logo amaret bank on the side and the lettering the official bank of the florida panthers all you got to do is send in your screenshot of your subscription to the lockdown florida panthers youtube channel to myself at monoman 12 on x or on instagram and x at lo underscore fla panthers and before we get to our show today this episode is brought to you by fanduel Make every moment more right now to get new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit fando.com slash locked on. And thankful on a day like today, even though it was a very stressful win for the Florida Panthers, uh, getting two points in overtime against the Columbus Blue Jackets. We do have a special guest here on a Tuesday edition of the show. He is from the podcast that sometimes talks about Panthers hockey, but sometimes they don't. Uh, TJ Peterson from Panther Prairie, a Florida Hockey Now podcast. Uh, TJ, welcome to Lockdown Panthers, your debut on the show, my friend. Armando, it's beautiful to be here. Thank you for bringing me on to presumably talk about the latter, some things other than Panthers. I mean, that Heat win tonight, that was really a crazy one. They just barely held on right at the end. I mean, that's definitely what's going on right now in South Florida sports, huh? Yeah, and right now, the last time I checked, the New York Jets are losing 14-3 to against the Los Angeles Chargers. So that, that's, a, that's a good thing for South Florida sports fans. That's true. Scene. So great, great news. So yeah, the Florida Panthers get uh, out to a 3-0 lead within the first six, min- six minutes of uh, this game. Uh, their first two shots go on goal. And it's funny because the Florida Panthers didn't even have a shot on goal with the first two minutes. They didn't even get zone time in the first uh, two minutes. And then the, the Florida Panthers come out with an offensive explosion. Ryan Lomberg uh, gets a goal on the back of Elvis uh, Leakins. Their Panthers were re- were puck retrieval was the name of the game in, in this mm-hmm. one early on as as the as Sam Reinhardt gets the puck, gets it to gets it to Gus Forsling and then shoots it through through traffic and all. And then a few minutes uh, late, later, uh, Rhino and Barkov in front and then Sasha Barkov scores on the rebound. And he, and even the Florida Panthers after that, all, all the lines were getting their opportunities on the night of uh, TJ, the, even though the minutes were really crunched with the top nine. The fourth line didn't give up a single shot on goal in the whole in, entire game at five on five. So incredible stat, even though with mm-hmm. their limited minutes on the night. But it, it really came down to what the Columbus Blue Jackets did well towards the end end part of the first period. And even in the middle part, though, they were they, they were closing in on the gaps. They were blocking shots because in the first period, uh, TJ, Panthers had 31 shots on goal with three blocks excuse me, 31 shot attempts with three blocks. Mm-hmm. 
that that number went up to eight, I believe, in the in the second period in in all situations. What did you see as far as the as far as what the um, Columbus Blue Jackets did differently in that second period compared to the first? I mean, the, the second period was so different from the first that it was kind of startling. I was prepared to answer what you were going to ask if you were going to ask me just like how they came back from three, nothing in, in terms of the first period. I'll tell you real quick that they were very opportunistic and they were, mm. they were as they probably should have been looking to create any kind of rush and odd man chances. And they were, they were very effective on those. And, you know, sometimes that's just how it goes. You shouldn't apologize for being really efficient. The Panthers aren't going to apologize for scoring on their first two shots on goal in the same kind of manner. And this is a team that plays with some effective size when it comes to guys like Adam Fantilli, 18 years old, throwing the body around with surprising effect- effectiveness. It's it's really insane just how dominant he can be with his frame at that young age. I was supremely impressed with how he played, even though I don't know if he had a point. I can't tell you for sure either way. Uh, but just every time the puck was around him, he was making something happen. Even when he uh, tried to get a little bit too fancy on Mike Riley, uh, he was able to get the puck back using his brute force. And you you saw a lot of that in this game with Columbus, getting some goals close to the net, being in position to capitalize on what was unfortunately uh, a little bit of a bad Bob performance in terms of his rebound control. He's had a good year. He's had some performances that have really helped them win games. His last start, most notably, he gets the shutout in Detroit. And unfortunately, tonight wasn't that kind of night for Bob, but he was able to persist in a game that Columbus was really able to turn the tide. And as we were talking about, Florida was just completely dominant in the first 10, 15 minutes of the game. And Columbus ended up for the rest of the game being pretty much just as dominant. If you look at most of the advanced stats, they'll tell you that the chances, the shots on goal, or not the shots on goal, I guess, but the chances were pretty spread, evenly spread for both teams. Columbus getting a lot of good opportunities even before they tied the game, even before they went up four to three, Panthers kind of holding on. Uh, using their physicality, uh, having responsible neutral zone play in a way that you weren't seeing in in the first period. They just couldn't survive those minutes that the Panthers had the puck in the zone, and it really wasn't happening as much. They were getting – the Blue Jackets were getting the puck in and around Sergei Bobrovsky, and they were keeping it there, and it was kind of uh, breaking the camel's back with the last straw in a way getting that mm-hmm. third goal because they were just piling on the pressure and the fourth goal, it, it, I think was kind of similar. They, they just took control of the game in a way that seemed completely impossible from the way the first 10 minutes went. And to the Panthers credit, they were really, really pushing back hard in the last four minutes. And you kind of thought, well, that was such a spirited effort by Kachuk and Barkov and OEL and Rodriguez and now they're getting off the ice, and here comes the third or fourth lines. And man, how how did we blow? Oh, look, Nick Nick Cousins just tied the game. It he was wasn't that having kind of the night. best game. He wasn't having the best game before that, neither. No, he, he, that uh, his line struggled a little bit more than that uh, line with Lomberg and Lorenz and Lockwood. Right? It's the the three L line, and they were throwing out L's to the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. Uh, it, it, it was uh, he was uh, with uh, Stenlin and Etulustrain and uh, on 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 the night. Um, uh, and and we we saw uncharacteristic goals for the Panthers. We we the broadcast and us in in on on the Twitter we're talking about oh my goodness what this Panthers team is doing defensively not giving up odd man rushes is definitely helping what they're doing especially on their five on five numbers but we saw two of those goals result from odd man rushes and then the one mm-hmm. that uh, squeaked by with uh, Karel Mar- Marchenko to make it a three three at the time as well and even on their one power play man the puck was moving it was in their in, in the Blue Jackets zone but man. The amount of misses we saw on on the night as well on the Panthers power play as well. It's not, it wasn't just the the Columbus Blue Jackets getting their shot blocks, but man, the Florida Panthers were really missing the net a lot on on, on the night as well. I thought Andel, Anton Lindell had such a great start to the game. He was working well on the give and goes as well um, on on the night uh, as well. So definitely definitely had, I I really liked that that second line start uh, for for the Florida Panthers. Matthew Kachuk ends up with eight shots on goal. Uh, on on the night as well, Reinhardt with two points, both of them being primary assists, and that Etu uh, Lundell and Kachuk line. Even though they had a great start, there was a point where, before they even the Columbus Blue Jackets even went up four three, they were on the ice for two consecutive minutes, just struggling to clear out of the zone as well uh, for the Panthers. And and uh, Evan Rodriguez right after the Columbus Blue Jackets had uh, took the lead had a great opportunity off a rebound and just missed the net. So there's so many opportunities that you could point to uh the, the that could have been the moment where where the florida panthers had their opportunity and they failed to uh capitalize uh there as as well for 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 this team and bob bobrovsky man he was getting bumped quite a lot on on the night as well let i think his his frustration is is very justified rosalik got into his his face as as well and and Cole Sillinger basically in the same sequence as the Florida Panthers were getting out out, out of the zone. Uh, any thoughts on uh, how Bobrovsky was treated on the night? Um, I mean, you could tell, especially like when the Jackets opened the scoring and the way that their third goal happened was pretty similar. They were targeting those rebounds, and I think a lot of teams will tend to do that. But since we view everything from like what are the Panthers doing to affect the outcome to uh, tinted glasses? I'm led to believe like, Oh, they thought that the weakness in Bob's game was his rebound control. So that's what they were going to try to target in order to score. So naturally that means that they're going to be around him. And if he's moving from side to side or moving to challenge a shot, if somebody's there, there's a decent chance he's going to run into them or, they're going to accidentally on purpose run into him. And, you know, that can not just interfere with the goalie in terms of like, oh, the puck's coming and he gets hit by the player. You know, you can get your mind a little bit distracted and it's such a mental game goaltending that Mm -hmm. something like that can have a big impact. I don't know if I would necessarily say like he got hit 10 seconds before a goal and he was still seeing stars and that's why the goal went in. I mean, you, you can't blame him for the fourth goal whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to remember all of the goals. The third one and the first one where I felt the two that he could potentially be blamed for the most because of the, the rebound control not really being there. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what happened on the second goal? I'm blanking. The the, the second one was an odd man rush. Uh, uh, broken oh, yeah, up that's not on him at all. Boone Jenner goes, goes on, a, on, on a counterattack. On the three on one, like if your if mm-hmm. your team's given up the three on one, I don't care about what happens after that. Like, 
Don't give up a three on one. Simple as that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Gabranson to that point had two points on, on the night. It's like, of man, course. is this an Eric Gabranson uh, revenge game? <laughs> Damn it. Is this uh, Eric Gabranson or is this Eric Carlson? Which Eric oh. are we watching? Oh, uh, I, I don't know if I want to put them in the same guys here, but <laughs> thankfully the Florida Panthers come out um, with, with the four, five, four win Nick cousins after Paul Maurice uh, puts the extra attacker with three twenty one. They, they score within with about a minute left. And then, uh, and then the Panthers, after giving up quite a few rushes, they break up their own rush and then go the other way where Carver Hagee, Mr. Overtime scores the game winner for his fourth goal of the season. Anton Lundell gets an assist on a primary assist on that one, but credit to Kachuk uh, for breaking up that rush in the first place to create that game winner. Two points is two points. Yeah. It might hurt tie breaking scenarios later on in the season, but we're not worried about that right now. We are worried about the two points for now, but we're going to transition over to segment number two, where we are going to discuss our, three stars, and when we thought this game was won or lost for the Florida Panthers. And ask a few, uh, maybe a few uh, more questions on on the uncharacteristic goals for the that the Panthers gave up on the night. We're going to discuss that more here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. And score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That is a $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no bit better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, a wide range of betting options. And if you want to take a break from betting on the Miami Dolphins, not only do they have a bye week, but based on their performance, against winning teams if you want to take a break from that you could start betting on other teams uh on, on fando but once you have faith in them again that they because they do have a favorable matchup coming up against the las vegas raiders then you could you could put them all on fando spreads player props over unders and more so go to visit visit fando.com slash locked on to kick off the nfl season fando official partner of the nfl Segment number two here on this Tuesday, November 7th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you once again for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day here on a Tuesday. I am with TJ Peterson, one of the three hosts of Panther Prairie, a Florida Hockey Now podcast. And TJ, uh, I want to give you the floor first on your uh, three stars of the game. Who are your three stars for this performance, even though it was a very stressful one with the Florida Panthers giving up four unanswered and finding a way to get the two points on the night. Oh, hold on. Let me unmute you. There you go. You're telling me, Armando. I mean, God, uh, I can't tell you how many times I thought that we had this in the bag or if it was over or if we had it in the bag again somehow or if it was over again. And just a roller coaster ride that uh, I don't think anything this season has really come close to. You kind of could tell from the first or second period of most of the games this year, who was going to win. This is really the only one that's been kind of topsy-turvy in the, in the way that it was. Um, but I'll go ahead and start with my third star of the game. I'm going to give it to Ryan Lomberg. Uh, it's really for the, his entire line uh, because I thought that Will Lockwood was real good. I thought that Steven Lorenz complimented him and Lomberg well, and Lomberg's the one that got on the score sheet. So, Naturally, he's going to be one of the three stars, but just overall that line 
kind of gets this whole star, but uh, Lomberg, because you got to choose somebody. I'm going to give the second star to Sam Reinhart for his two primary assists and just overall having a really effective game in every capacity, you know, make, making smart plays defensively on the penalty kill. There were a couple of moments there where you really noticed him. Uh, he's good in every aspect of this game. Like he's known as a scorer. He's known for what he can do on the power play, especially, but you really notice his ability to win pucks on the walls and make the right passes from the defensive zone and just do the little things like that. Sam Reithart uh, should be appreciated by Florida Panthers fans while he's here, hopefully for a long time, but he does only have one more year on the contract. So who knows? And I don't know, this might be kind of a controversial choice. It certainly wouldn't be most nights, but I'm going to give my first start to Matthew Kachuk. I just think that he deserved it for all of the effort that he was putting in. Like you said, the eight shots on goal. And that doesn't even include because it was a defensive play, the pass breakup that he had in overtime, sending it ahead to Lundell, getting that overtime win, uh, winning goal started. Just, I just thought that the Blue Jackets really had no answer for him offense or defensively other than just pray pretty much get, get near the net and just hope it doesn't go in. That's pretty much the strategy and somehow it worked for the majority of the game. But I, I just thought that he was, he, he was looking really unstoppable for most of the time that he was on the ice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, for, for me, I'm, um, my third start is Matthew Kachuk uh, on the night. Um, Sam Reinhart is second star getting, getting the two, getting the two primary assists. And then number one for me is Carter Hagee on the night. Mr. Overtime always finds a way, uh, to, 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 to come out in the clutch in, in, in overtime. Carter Hagee just continues to do it. And the fact that the Florida Panthers do have term on, on that, on that contract as well. Uh, that's just a, that's just a great thing for the Florida Panthers to just have on their, on their, uh, on their roster and you talk about how Sam Reinhart uh, wins a lot of board battles as well is very tough on the puck. And it's funny because the Florida Panthers were having a hard time with that, especially in the corners uh, uh, in, in the second, in the second period where, where Columbus was really starting to just generate their chances, even though they only had one uh, chance on the, excuse me, one goal on the, in the period on that power play, which power play per PK percentage w dipped a little bit on the night, but you know, when you consider the five on five numbers that the Florida Panthers put throughout the season, uh, you're, you're going to take you you'll, you'll take what you can get from, from that as well. And honorable mention for me is uh, Ryan Lomberg. Uh, and when did you think, okay, when did you think this game was won or lost in this case, one for the Panthers? Because when, when I was just writing my notes, I was thinking, Right at three nothing, the Florida Panthers <laughs> yeah. are going to come out with this win. Nope, not so much. I had to erase that automatically, and I thought it was when Nick cut for for me. It was when Nick Cousins scored that uh, game tying goal off that Provorov uh, turnover when the Florida Panthers were just having a lot of zone time, and even before they entered the zone, there was a great effort by Oliver Ekman Larson to reach for the puck to prevent the floor the the Panth the Blue Jackets from clearing, even though they ended up clearing on that same. Uh, in what with the extra attacker, uh, Nick Cousins found a way to get a turnover off uh, Provorov to, for that game tying goal. How about you? What was that moment where you said, This team has it? I think it was at three nothing, but also at two nothing, and, and, and probably also at one nothing, given how early it happened. I mean, and, and after all of that, I just was 
thinking as it you know went from three one, three two, three three, everybody knows how it went. Just holding my hands up, thinking to myself, like I I have no idea where this is going. But I think the moment that it kind of crystallized for me, and I already mentioned it when I was talking about my first star of the game, when Kachuk broke up the two on one in overtime, and you realize that oh wait, it's going to be going the other way, Lundell and Verhage coming down the ice. That was when I thought that the game was won because I had confidence in both of those guys. Lundell um, definitely needed to shoot in that position. The pass was being aggressively covered, and Lundell made the right decision to shoot, and that's part of why it was the right decision because oftentimes a shot is just a more complicated pass because the pass directly off of his stick would have been impossible with the position that the Blue Jackets defender was in. But if you use the goalie's pads as a little bit of a, a wall to ricochet off of, you can mm. get it to Carter and he can put it away in overtime like he's known to do. Yeah, the, the, that hockey term, P.O.P., pass off the pads uh, to get that game winner uh, for, for, uh, for Carter Hagee there as well. And uh, one, one other thing that I want to ask you is we, we, we've seen – We've seen a lot of growth as far as someone like Anton Lindell in in the uh, on the season, which we just spoke about. And we also there's something that when it comes to this Panthers team and when it comes to pinches in their own zone, maybe this is just a one game. Um, maybe I'm just wondering this as far as one game, but we saw quite a few times where the the Panthers were were irresponsible with their pinches, and we, we I've been fairly impressed by Nico Mikola, someone like him. But this one on the night, we saw a little bit of, um, you know, not not being responsible with his uh, pinches and then leading uh, the other way. Is is that something that you would want to see him pipe down a little bit on when it comes to that? And that's a tough one. Like early enough in the season, like I'm tempted to say no because the way that this season has gone, it does feel like they've been really smart about it, and. I think that Columbus just kind of had a good game plan. Like Pascal Vincent seemed to do a pretty good job of targeting areas that they were vulnerable. Look, I mean, they blew the three. They Columbus didn't blew the three nothing lead. That's where I want to go with this. Columbus really didn't play very well in the first 10 minutes of the game, put themselves in a, in a very disadvantageous position. But from there they were, you know, dominating the game in a way that, very few opponents have even been able to do to the Panthers for stretches. Mm-hmm. Like I can really count on one hand, how many times that's happened game two against Winnipeg, the second period, Winnipeg was doing that uh, in Chicago in the first and parts of the second period, Chicago was doing that for whatever reason. It's kind of odd. I, I felt like even in games, the Panthers have lost this year, like against Minnesota, like against Vancouver, not to say that the Panthers were so dominant and they deserve to win those games and how did they not win those games, but Columbus was showing me something that I didn't see out of Minnesota. I didn't see out of Vancouver. I didn't see out of Boston, one of the best teams in the league, one of the best records in the league right now. I never felt like they were in control of that game uh, mm. on, uh, a week ago. It's weird It's weird to have Monday games on in back-to-back weeks, but uh, one, one week ago, I thought that was a game the Panthers were the better team start to finish. Tonight was not that. Columbus was pretty impressive. And it wasn't like the Gaudreau's. I, I did say Fantilli had a, a nice game. Uh, and it's not like Wierenski played poorly. Line A didn't play 
as far as I'm aware. I think he's still hurt. Yep, he's still hurt from that Rasmus yeah. Anderson hit. Yeah, that was a nasty one. Like Goudreau um, had four shots on goal on the night. Yeah, you you could see him doing some some things on the power play, but at, at five on five is really where you saw the Blue Jackets taking it to him. And it was a lot of guys that, you know, some of their names I can't even remember. We'll put it that way. You know, like Chinikov and Texier were a part of doing some of the damage. And some guys I, I had never really even heard of. Like, uh, I'll go to Money Puck right now, and I can I can look at some of the names and tell you if that sounds familiar. Um, there was one guy in particular. I think it was Olivier. Uh, yeah. Matthew Olivier. 82% expected goals on the night. So that tells you that when he was on the ice, the Blue Jackets were getting pucks to Bobrovsky, and the opposite was not really happening. Mm-hmm. No, no doubt. And uh... – they were, like you said, opportunistic uh, that the Columbus Blue Jackets were and even the Florida Panthers. And credit to Spartan when he came in relief, uh, played mm-hmm. uh, a total ice time of 55 minutes and 17 seconds after Elvis Merzlikens was uh, was chased. Uh, and But unfortunate that for him that the Florida Panthers found found a way to get those uh, the game-tying and game-winning goal uh, for on, on the night as, as the Florida Panthers come out with a 5-4 overtime victory against the Columbus Blue Jackets at home at Amherst Bank Arena before traveling to Washington. But we're going to transition over to segment number three, where we are going to provide an injury update to Brandon Montour and Aaron Ekblad. So stick with, with us here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper and a new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities, whether it's the Florida Pan- whether it's Alexander Barkov scoring 50 goals and the Florida Panthers hoisting the Stanley Cup. And you can win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the, daily, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Lockdown NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports, and especially fantasy hockey. Because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy contests. And you can choose studs like Alexander Barkov, Matthew Kachuk, Connor McDavid, Alex Ovechkin, and Nathan McKinnon. And if they record more or less than their sleep projections, like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in any given game, you have a chance to win 100 times your bet on on, on sleeper. You need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Cats fans. You win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKDOWNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKDOWNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Segment number three here on this Tuesday, November 7th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you once again for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day here on a Tuesday. I am with TJ Peterson, one of the three hosts of Panther Prairie, a Florida Hockey Now podcast. And we got some news uh, on Monday morning. Um, we knew that it was getting one step closer when we saw Aaron Eckblad and Brandon Montour in regular jerseys, not the not not the gold non-contact jerseys. But Alex Baumgartner of the Five Reasons Sports Network asked uh, Paul Maurice uh, this morning about what's the latest on the updates. Paul Maurice spoke about how their rehab has gone a lot better than we expected. We heard about the six months. Even one report said January uh, as far as that. Bill Zito said December 15th at Media Day. 
Now it's looking a lot better, TJ. Uh, as Paul Maurice said that there is a possibility that one of them or both can be on the ice when the Florida Panthers do return from their California trip, uh, which they will take next week in San Jose, then LA and Anaheim back to back on next Thursday and Friday. So that first home game would be against the Edmonton Oilers on November 20th, which I, I'm, I, which the Edmonton Oilers, they, they can bounce back at any time. They, they can come back to earth now at any moment. So, but, but the Florida Panthers are such a great opportunity with where our expectations were of how long they'd be. And of course, coaches aren't going to tip their hand and GMs aren't going to tip their hand on injury timelines. And we saw that with the Boston Bruins last year, even with their injuries. So how are you feeling hearing the news about uh, the two blue liners for the Panthers coming back a lot earlier than we expected? I mean, it's hard not to feel good about hearing that because games like tonight reminded you that this blue line is still a little bit thin, like credit to the guys for battling, you know, Mikola Kulikov have both been playing above their salary so far this year. OEL's been uh, pretty effective on the power play and had good moments, some bad moments too, but everybody does uh, at five on five. And, you know, Forsling is Forsling. You know exactly what you're getting out of him. Even on the third pairing, Uvis Bolinskis has been a very welcome surprise. Josh Mahura continues to be a pretty steady third pairing guy. We saw Mike Riley come in tonight. He played his first game of the season. I mean, there's not too much negative to say about it, but also not not a whole lot positive either. He, you know, he was there. He did his job, made some nice outlet passes. You saw his puck moving ability. You also saw that he's a little bit light on the puck if he's pressured and not exactly known for his five on five defense. But Mike Riley can give you something that you might need late in the game if you're down and you kind of got to get the puck from the D zone to the O zone as quickly as possible. Um, that's something that Brandon Moncourt can also help with. And Aaron Ekblad is somebody that is going to be very effective no matter where the game is going on. He can score. He can shut guys down in front of his own goaltender. And both those guys were such a huge part of the run to the Stanley Cup final that needless to say, they're going to be a big part of getting back there. And you want to say that like the important hockey is going to take place starting in April. So you want to make sure that they're ready to go before they step on the ice so that you don't sacrifice any potential availability or, you know, maybe make them a little bit worse for wear when that important hockey comes around. This part of the season was always going to be about surviving. And I mean, that was really exemplified by the way the game went tonight. They survived. They, they didn't necessarily win that one emphatically. They survived. And you're, I'm pretty happy with where they are because it, there's definitely a scenario where they could have been not necessarily looking like the Sharks, but having trouble outscoring their defensive problems. This is right now the six guys that they're sending out on a nightly basis, one of the lowest paid defensive groups in the league. And you typically get what you pay for in this league. So mm -hmm. the fact that they've been an average team so far, a little bit above average even, it's great knowing that we got those two guys coming back. Yeah, and you think about right now with the – not all the games have gone final on the night on Monday, um, mm -hmm. but 591 uh, points percentage for the Panthers, which is when you take out – when you take out 
all the games played and actual points, but when you look at just the percentages, the Panthers are third in the in the Atlantic Division um, mm-hmm. as far as the percentages, um, as far as that. So, you, you know, still a lot of time as far as like making up games in hand and all that. We're not at that point where 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 it's like, oh, the Panthers need to get must must two points as far as as far as catching up as far mm-hmm. as to other teams. That still very much in control. Still have still have a pretty not not necessarily favorable schedule coming up because when you look ahead i, I mean washington is uh is a little older that uh, of course uh they don't have um nicholas backstrom right now uh you have san jose on the schedule which hopefully that's not a trap game for the panthers the anaheim ducks are looking a lot better than expected uh, mm-hmm. Coming into this this season, Greg Cronin's got that Greg Cronin's got that team buzzing. I saw that I saw their uh, comeback win against the Vegas Golden Knights just last mm-hmm. night, uh, as well. Um, Former Cat Vic Frank Vitrano with nine goals among the yeah. league leaders, and and the Los Angeles Kings are figuring out with uh, with the top two centers and Quinton Byfield finding his game on the wing too. Mm-hmm. When you when you're looking ahead at the schedule, I mean, yeah, it's going to be a tough stretch for these next five. And and Andre Sveshnikov is back for the Carolina Hurricanes. It's going to mm-hmm. be a little bit more of that survival from what you were saying. And if the Panthers, man, they go something along the lines of three, two, and zero oh in in these next five, so somewhere around there. I'm just throwing out a number. Then when you get to November twentieth, it's like you can exhale there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that if you play 500 hockey up until the point that they come back, you're going to be okay with that because you've got a roster that you feel like you can kind of go toe-to-toe with anybody. And, I mean, last year they did have both of those guys and they did squeak into the playoffs, but, I mean, we talked about it all year. Like, they were just having weird problems turning shots into goals that you just – they didn't really come around in the playoffs, you know. Like, we saw that that was kind of an anomaly. It just seemed to happen – unusually often and it, and it does in this league usually if you're scoring on 20 percent of your shots five games in a row you that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen the next five games and the same yeah. will happen if you're shooting five percent that will probably come back to around nine ten percent eventually no matter which direction it's in cough cough vancouver you know kind of kind of on that 20 percent end of the spectrum right now but I, that the offense is experiencing that a little bit right now, but they played so well defensively that they're able to win some games two to one, one to nothing or two to nothing. I guess it was in Detroit because of that empty netter. And however you get the points right now, because you're just surviving until those guys come back. And then you can ice out a defense that will complement your really strong forward core. And uh, when Sam Bennett comes back, who's week to week right now, according to Paul Maurice, you'll really feel good about where, every position on the ice is maybe we'll even see Spencer Knight back up in sunrise and he'll start performing at the level that we've seen him perform before, because man, he's a promising young player. Even if there's been a little bit of hiccups, a little bit of speed bumps in his professional career thus far. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, and competition is something that we spoke about all summer is that what's going to help the Florida Panthers get through as far as, as far as taking what they learned from the Stanley Cup final and just bringing it in, bringing new guys into the mix, getting and it, it's it's more than just culture of just winning hockey games and all that, but it's all about the attitude when you walk into the building, uh, 
holding each other accountable, how how you communicate on the bench here and there. It's more than just wins and losses when it comes to culture and all. And and the Florida Panthers, man, they are in such a great place. And and Florida Panther fans, uh, you guys out there, uh, be thankful that the Florida Panthers really are, even though it was a little bit of a stressful one uh, on the night. But TJ, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Uh, very thankful for you to come here and make your debut on the show. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you online and tell them all about what you guys do at Panther Prairie. Well, thanks again for having me, Armando. And yeah, you can follow us at Locked On Panthers. We're on YouTube at Locked On Panthers. No, just kidding. That's you. That's Armando. But he'll he'll tell you all that in a moment. So maybe it's a little bit redundant. Yeah, uh, everywhere on socials at Panther Paris. My personal account is uh, here on the video. If you're listening on the podcast, it's at Parallel Circle. A little bit of an irreverent account. I do most of my hockey tweeting from at Panther Paris, but you know some hockey tweeting from at Parallel Circle as well. Uh, we're also on Instagram at Panther Paris. Our website is pantherparis.com. Our podcast is, as Armando has said, Panther Paris, Florida Hockey Now presented. We talk about the Panthers every week. Me and my co-host Jake, who has also been on this show, and Alex Lopez. Um, we also talk a little bit of uh, non-Panther stuff at the end, hence the Paris. Uh, we're on all the major podcast platforms. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And the other ones that I don't know about, too, that our, our uh, hosting platform just puts us on automatically. You can subscribe. Most episodes come out on Thursdays. Awesome. Awesome, uh, TJ. Thank you so much. And I hope to have you again soon, my friend. That would be wonderful. Thank you for having me, Armando. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time. The Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Lockdown NHL Network, including Lockdown NHL, Lockdown Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Sierra Odin, and Lockdown NHL Prospects. Thank you once again for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And everydayers, make sure you come back for tomorrow's edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, where it'll be a Winans Wednesday. Jacob Winans will be back on the show to preview the Florida Panthers matchup against the Washington Capitals. So remember to Velez. With TJ Peterson. And you've been listening to Lockdown Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day. <laughs>